welcome to Living Well While Living Online with me, your host, Tammy Riley. I am excited to get to share this week's conversation with you with one of my favorite humans, Sarah Shears. Sarah is coming to us from Vancouver, and I promise her words, her intentionality, the wisdom will inspire you to really check in with yourself, um, to work on the idea of letting go, and to really just be a little more present in all you do. So please grab a cuppa, settle back, and listen in to this week's podcast episode. Hello, my friends. I'm so excited for this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online with one of my favorite people, Sarah Shears, who is coming to us from Vancouver, Canada. So we're, you know, traipsing across the globe again today. Um, Sarah and I met, you know, my friends are mostly from the fitness community. Uh, we met at a spinning conference. I don't even remember how many years ago, but I remember distinctly walking into her booth and she had this these beautiful colored Yuki balls and someone introduced me to her and I felt an instant connection to her as a human and what she was telling me about the philosophy of her workout program, which is Yugi Fit. Um, it wasn't just about sweating. It was all of the other stuff on the inside, right? And I talk about it as the candy. They come to us for the candy. They want to sweat. And these are, when I say they are our students, the people who seek us, our clients, they come to us for the candy, which is on the outside, but really how we serve them best is what we deliver on the inside, the vegetable, right? The things we sneak in. And Sarah's philosophy just spoke to my soul and I wanted to be a part. So I've been very lucky to have been able to jump on board with everything she does with Yugi. So Sarah... Thank you. My goodness, what an intro that was. So special and so kind. And I absolutely feel the same. Like meeting you and just joining this community has been such like a blessing. Yeah, it's so, I think we're so uh, lucky that we get to travel a little bit with what we do and meet people that, you know, we would have never connected with and that just really have the same, we'll say philosophy or goals. And it just, I think it validates um, a little bit more of what, where we are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you start with the, the sort of intro bio of Sarah Shears as a woman, um, how you got to where you are today. So you could just introduce yourself to our listeners. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, I have been a part of the health and fitness industry for as long as I can remember. I got my personal training certification um, in grade 11. So wow. when I was in high school, I originally went to university to teach physical education and then in and amongst the years of working with clients and personal training one-on-one, -on -one, I just fell in love with that relationship created between trainer and client. So that shifted me into the fitness industry, and it's pretty much where I've been ever since. So I've taught many, many modalities. Um, fitness has changed so much over the years. I've taught so many different types of classes, but have truly landed on you know, functional fitness, core training, and focus on inside out. So really just connecting mind, body, and soul um, together. Which, you know, speaks to my heart directly. <laughs> yeah. And you also, um, you practice martial arts as well. And that's something you and your husband have done together. So it's, that's an, it's not, 
necessarily what people go to for physical fitness, but it very much is my a mind, body, spirit slash soul program that you've also been doing your whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, I haven't been doing it my whole life. My husband has been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but uh, he introduced that to me. Um, and I, I definitely agree. It's, it's an art that connects mind, body, and soul and just touches you, not just through the physical movement, but also just the mental piece. Right. So what's so interesting, right? When we start to have the conversation about working in gyms and being in fitness and, you know, for most of us and most of what we've done, all of that has been in person connected and, you know, the world shut down not too long ago, as we know, and Canada was extremely tight with their rules and regulations. So I know that a lot of that was even longer for you. But what happened in your life with your personal fitness community, right? The people you were working with your clients, because I think at that time it was mostly in person um, versus where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. We we shifted quite quickly and easily to the online platform and Zoom became a home where we all connected and we together and we shared our thoughts and our feelings and we sweated it out and it just became um, a really a really nice place to meet since we couldn't see each other outside. Um, since we couldn't connect in that way that we were used to, it kind of gave us an opportunity to get that feel for connection and community again. And what's so nice is like for you now, the physical studio, that box, that place that you, you know, own or pay rent to no longer exists. And yet here you are, I'm, I'm looking at Sarah and she's sitting in her little home studio, you know, we're still, we're still doing that now. It's, it's where you are today. It's, it's how you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I think both myself and clients have appreciated this. It's just created simplicity. You know, all you have to do is roll out your mat, grab your ball and go. So I feel like it's, it's well suited to the home. It was designed for the home and to connect online and UV together has, has really brought that kind of studio feel uh, into the home. Yeah, which um, again is just such a, a lovely thing to be able to continue and and maybe helped you out in ways that you didn't realize, right? Instead of having all this overhead, and again things had shifted, and Sarah and I had talked, right? So things in in life have have shifted, and so but you could still keep doing what you love um, without all the other. I'm going to say pieces that maybe are more barriers at this stage, right? Of yeah, that overhead. Yeah. yeah. Um. So cool, and I again love the idea of integrating this mind, body, spirit into fitness. So can you maybe just share how that came about or how you realized that was such a big part? Not not even like now for you personally, but creating a program, this has always been. So Yugi is really spelled U-G-I, which is you've got it about the you, the big you, meaning you, the individual. And that was one of the things, again, that I loved. It's about that empowerment. So when did you realize that that was as important or maybe even more than the physical? Because as a trainer, you were there, right? We know you were delivering that physical component. So can you just enlighten us a little bit on maybe that journey for you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in working with clients, I noticed that typically they would have a personal training session two, maybe three times a week and then do nothing outside of that time, except, you know, they would have this, enormous goal 
But then when you think about seven days in a week and you're only giving two to three days towards your big goal, I mean, you're not even giving 50% of your time to this goal that monopolizes your thoughts, right? Makes you not feel good about yourself. And, you know, it's, I realized that in order to get results, you needed to dedicate your daily moments, not just your workout. You know, you can't just go to the gym, do your workout, and then that's it, tick the box, and then the rest of your day is spent not aligned with that goal. So I really realized the importance of all the little moments in our day and the importance of aligning what we're thinking, saying, and doing, not just in our workout, but in our day. So that was a big aha moment for me to see individuals have these goals but have such a gap between how they spent their day meaning their thoughts their actions their behaviors and the goal that they wanted to achieve um so how do we close that gap Mm -hmm. um so the 30 minutes really came from me saying hey instead of me seeing you twice a week for two hours Let's make that four times a week for 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, instantly, there was a change because we're meeting, they're connecting, like there was more consistency in them showing up for their goal. It created more alignment in their day towards their goal. So that was one of the things was saying, hey, we need to do this more often. This isn't enough. Um, And secondly, I think I really saw people have these 10, 20, 30 pound weight loss goals. And even when they got there, they weren't really happy. They didn't feel the way they expected to feel when they lost that 20, 30 pounds. So again, there was a gap. Um, And so, you know, maybe you feel good for a short period of time. But quickly, all those other moments haven't changed. So quickly, all those other moments are really keeping you in that state. So it it really was a combination of consistency, time, and connecting, you know, the many moments in the day. Mm. That's so true, right? We we think we want something and, and that weight loss, which, you know, that's definitely for our heart health and there's many reasons why weight loss is super important, but it doesn't mean that it's going to, you know, part the skies and everything else in our life is going to be amazing, right? There's other There's other things that factor in a lot of times. Yeah, and I think typically we think about changing the outside of ourselves. You know, we don't think about the inside of ourselves and I think that that is, you know, key to really getting that lasting change and to feeling differently. Mm. Yeah, so true. And I think um, some of the things I've noticed at least, you know, that have been born out of the pandemic, and again, these are the conversations we have, that that light has been, you know, shown or turned around onto ourselves to say, hey, like, what is it? Like, we need to take a look inside. Now, I think we're at least having that conversation more than we were prior to that, right? The, the, the isolation and the being at home gave us an opportunity to take a look inside, which we were able to avoid before because we were so busy, or at least I, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And I think, you know, we always look 
to the outside to, to correct or change a behavior, but it's not enough. Like it truly needs to be that inner experience. So we've become, I think, a society that knows what to do. We know how to get fit. We know what to eat. You know, we know we need to be mindful. We know we need to be thankful. We know all of the things, but are we doing them? Are we putting them into practice? Because if you don't put it into practice, you just become better at knowing and your story just continues to be the same. So truly actioning these things are what's key. And that's what I love about you, Vienna, about this 30 minute workout is that it doesn't give you a moment to be thinking about your grocery list, you know, while you're doing your push-ups. You you need to be present and in that moment. And that creates the alignment, that creates the vibration, that creates the mind-body-soul connection. So you actually feel different. You didn't just do 10 push-ups. You know, you're not just bending and extending in the elbows. Done. I did those 10. Check it off. No, you were in those push-ups. So that's the difference. I feel like we really need to shift into that practice place. Um, you know, we can't just think positive thoughts. We right. feel positive thoughts. Mm. You know, so I feel like that is the gap. So that that embodiment of it, embodiment. not just yeah, and which is a, our beautiful segue. So you said knowing what to do, right? Knowing that we have to work out, that we have to eat well, you know, that all of these things are important, but putting them into practice is the key. So now we'll shift from you, Sarah Shears, trainer, creator, innovator, helper, server of the people, to to you. So. Are you good at putting all of the knowledge that you have to practice on keeping yourself well? <laughs> um, I mean, I try. I feel like I go through waves, you know, because I'm I'm always saying it, teaching mm-hmm. it, coaching it. But I've learned to check myself, take a moment and say, hey, am I doing this? Or if I find myself in that space that feels uncomfortable, it's kind of a trigger to say, Hey, I need to look at that. What do I need to do differently? Um, how am I thinking about this? How do I need to get more into alignment? So it's definitely helped me to stay more accountable to myself in putting that into practice. And also when I see my clients shifting forward, you know, I need to keep up. I need to <laughs> forward too. So I feel like, you know, we, we help each other, we lift each other up in that way. And I look at it like, you know, I, I look to the clients to inspire me to also apply it because once you do apply it, it's game changing, right? It, it, so yeah, I'm, I'm in the swing of it now for sure. And it's I, so much better. I love that um, concept of, because I don't know, right, if, if people aren't a trainer, and but they've hired one, that realization that we also are inspired and held accountable by our own clients. I don't know that that's something people realize, right? That's a part of the relationship that you create when someone hires you in any way, shape, or form to to guide them in this way, that it's still if it's a, I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say if it's appropriate, but if it's super effective, I guess that's the word. It's a two-way street that I'm inspiring my client, but also being 
inspired and held accountable in the same way. Absolutely. Cause that's also present. That's happening, you know, right now. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's the energy exchanged and that's how to keep yourself accountable is being responsible for, you know, the energy that you're bringing. I think that's what this, you know, closing the gap, you maybe it's challenging because you have to take a look at yourself and say, what am I saying? What am I doing that is not in alignment? And I don't think that we do that. I think we yeah. skip over that step and then we just read the book or listen to the podcast or start this new workout. Right. So we, yeah. you can't keep just changing your behaviors. It's just not enough. You need to be honest with yourself and, you know, what do I really want? So to me, self-care uh, has become so much more about, um, you know, that word selfish, mm. right? Like it's the oxygen mask on yourself first. If, if I am satisfying myself, I don't need to look to the outside to satisfy. Right. So I feel like that is what closes the gap. If we can be more honest and gentle yeah. with ourselves and you know with our selfishness because if we close that gap then right that's the feel better that's the feeling that you're after when you lose that 10 20 30 pounds is to feel empowered is to feel in control of your own energy so you know to me the the workout piece is a bit of a vehicle to share and to connect, um, you know, movement, mind, body. Yeah, so true. I love um, that you brought up the the idea of being selfish because we we've seen it right, and you know, especially as as women, I think we're taught that time for ourselves is selfish and meaning it in a bad way, right? Oh, you know, she's so self-absorbed doing A, B, C, D or so selfish. And, you know, we have families and kids and jobs and we've got to be just the givers of, of it all. And really, I think we're learning or hopefully a lot more of us are learning. But to your point, being selfish here is the most beautiful thing that you could do for the others that you care for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you will feel better. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So you will do better. And it's just stepping out of um, just knowing and putting it into doing. So are there certain things, obviously we know movement is a big part of your life, but other things and practices that you have that you consider self-care for you? I think uh, like meditation is something for me. I don't, I don't sit for, you know, a big period of time. I tend to just fit it in my day, wherever, whenever. And that's been the biggest consistency for me, uh, whether it just be taking a minute now or while I'm washing the dishes or whenever I feel, you know, called to just, close my eyes and take a minute. Um, that's been a big game changer for me. It doesn't need to be 15 minutes. It doesn't need to be 20 minutes. It can literally be a minute. So just giving myself that, that time 
to realign and to check myself. You know, I think, I think we don't check ourselves. I think we are busy checking everybody else. Mm. I to control things in order to feel differently. And I truly believe it's the reverse of that. Just take a minute, take a minute and, you know, align yourself. And then that's the only piece we truly can control. Yeah. So, yeah. so true. That's, that's been kind of just, that's my meditation is um, not necessarily what, you know, would be considered sitting for a long period of time. I think it's more just, starting slowly yeah finding that finding that alignment in all of the moments that you can I think for a lot of us you know even to the point of going back to a workout or going to the gym your point okay if I have to spend two hours doing this that's the that's where the magic is going to happen and you've already said less is more right and and so we're doing less time but more frequently and here you have just said that same thing when we think of time to meditate and people might say, oh, I don't have time in my day to sit for 15, 20, 30 minutes. And I love that you've just brought it back. We're like, close your eyes for a minute. Like, hello, it it doesn't matter how long. And it's that opportunity to check in. Um, I'm going to say, take a deep breath, exhale and, and, you know, really see what's happening and we don't need hours. Although if you have it, right, you can always add more, but that's just so... I'm going to say so simple in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think sometimes that's where we get stuck, right? Because that seems too too big of a jump or too yeah. difficult or this feels uncomfortable or, you know, and, and that's where I think, again, we need to empower ourselves to say, does this feel good? Does this feel good? Does this feel good? Yes. Does this feel good? No. Like ask yourself, ask yourself that question. And, you know, you don't need to know the answer, but you need to feel the answer. Right. Right. And sometimes I think we don't ask the question to ourselves because maybe we're fearful. We don't know the answer. Um, It's not about that. Right. That's how you start to know yourself and love yourself and honor yourself by asking yourself. So I think it's that feeling part is is really what's important. And if you just take that minute you start to strengthen that relationship with yourself. So it might feel like an awkward minute at first, but once you develop that relationship, it's going to be a really comfortable place to go to. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's, it's that relationship with self is, is what I have been focused on for myself and sharing and coaching with others is, is helping them to connect with themselves. You know, is it, is it my product? Is it my program? Is it my workout? Am I the creator? Yes. But really you need to make it yours. You need to take that and make it yours. That's what it's, you know, really about. Yeah. And so I think to your point, you know, I definitely see, I think we're, we're better again, because we're talking about it more and in more spaces, but working with clients and people years ago, we keep ourselves busy and moving and our schedule booked and our workouts like super crazy because we don't want to look inside, right? We don't want to take that time. But I think you brought up such a big point. It's not only what we might see. It's like, 
maybe we don't know how to fix it. Maybe we don't know the answer. And I think when it comes to you, or at least I can say that working with my college students too, we think it's me, I have to know. But but the knowing can take forever. It takes long periods of time. And so just thank you for you know br- bringing out there that it's okay to not know, even if it's us, it's okay to ask the question and, and not really know yet. And also knowing is always going to change, right? Like it's not, it's, that's the other thing. It's not, you don't, you don't know it once and then you're done. Like what you like is going to change. Yeah. What you don't like is going to change. So I think sometimes, again, we get stuck in the constraints of how things need to be or how I need to do this or what I, you know, the box ticking. Mm -hmm. I think it's a big problem. I think it keeps our gap open. And like we, you know, happiness is when what you think, what you say, and what you do are aligned and movement, you know, it's a part of that because our bodies crave movement, you know, our bodies want movement, Um, but it's not bigger biceps and a, and a six pack, you know, sure. But really it's, it's about that connection and about the movement and the strength and the energy that we bring to our bodies. So you know. I love that idea too, because to me, movement is very grounding, right? So yes. it's where yeah. you're like dropping into yes. self and you're actually anchored and grounded. Like this is yes. me doing this. Yes. And then the other piece is that mindful awareness of that. It's not just the movement, checking off the box, doing yes. your grocery yes. list. And so it really, um, I think is that stabilizer that we need. That's a lot of us need more of. Yeah. And we we're so focused on our physical body, but what about our emotional body? Mm. You know, that, that emotional body truly controls the physical body. Right. right? And when we think about, you know, stress, anxiety, depression, um, you know, our thoughts, you know, we know about that chemical reaction, like you, we can't separate our mind and bodies and we don't have to get control of our thoughts and, you know, it's not about getting control of them. It's about choosing them. Mm. And, you know, we don't, we don't do that for ourselves. We don't allow ourselves to make that choice. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a nice idea. (laughs) It is a nice idea. Do it. Yeah, it's it's not easy, right? As you say that, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking easy. of applying it to myself, right? Thinking, okay, like, am I choosing the thoughts? Am I am I letting the thoughts control me? Am I steering yes. them in the way that will serve me better? I guess, I guess personally, I'm like the roller coaster, you know, the up and up and the down. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. But it's uh, that's so, so interesting. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, if, if, if you're not choosing your thoughts, then who is right? And what's controlling your actions? And what's controlling your behaviors? And, you know, we that's the accountability piece. Like we, we, you know, I think that's the tough part, right? Because mostly part of our story is that I have this thought because of this. Mm. Right? So yeah. our story circulates and repeats itself and strengthens itself and that's why those thoughts are coming because they're they're feeling that strength and the momentum 
that's going on inside your body. We've given the energy to them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then that is controlling how you feel. Mm. And that is controlling the decisions that you're making. So that's why it's important to strengthen that relationship to you, to who you are and who, you know, what you want. That, that selfishness is key yeah. to your happiness, to feeling better and to getting, you know, control of your thoughts. So I also know what you didn't mention, but seeing as I know you, you have two children, you have a son and a daughter. So as we have this conversation for you as a parent, as a mom, are these things that you've been teaching your children? Does it... Is it like an intentional lesson? Has it been organic? Do you find yourself having these moments of conversation? You know, it's it's interesting raising teenagers where I think your children are now. Mm-hmm. And I, I having done it, I mean, there were a couple of things I was intentional with, but I don't know if I was as good as I wanted to be about this, right? About self-care because I don't, I wasn't taught, like my mother's amazing and great, but there was never the word and the conversation about self-care and take time for you. And I don't think we had language for that, you know, when I was growing up and we do now. So how, how, like, just where are you with that? And what are your thoughts with that? And I think more and more, I'm really trying to focus on sharing, sharing, um, I guess, I guess, sharing it in a way that respects who they are. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think shifting, I have 15 and 18. So okay. shifting from that typical parenting where you're, you know, you are kind of somewhat controlling and choosing to shifting into letting them choose and more just sitting back and respecting everything that we just talked about here you know it doesn't have to be my way it's got to be her way because if we're honoring what we're saying right now about the importance of each individual soul honoring their path and their alignment then I needed to let go of that and give that to them Mm. isn't that so hard as a parent oh so so (laughs) hard so yeah. hard. Um, and that's something I'm practicing constantly and I'm not perfect at it, but I try to circle back to it, especially because I, I truly know that this is the way yeah. it's what I spend my days coaching. It's what I spend my days talking about. So, you know, I, I feel responsible to share it with them too. And again, they inspire me um, with how they use it. Right. And, and just to see them grow, I think. And I think it's more natural for them too. like you say, like it's society is always changing, but these are common, more common words, more, yes. you know, they know about anxiety. They know about depression. They know about self-care. They know about these things, whereas we didn't necessarily know and learn about them at that age. So I think it's a more familiar conversation. Um, 
Yeah, it makes me wonder, right? Because we, to, you know, we didn't grow up with that being a common language, or you know, maybe we suffered from anxiety or depression, and so we had our own experience with it. But as a as a society, or you know, where we are, we didn't have the focus on that. We didn't realize the importance of everything that we're doing right now in the self-care, self-love, self-worth, time for self. So it's interesting to me to think about what this generation will be like as they age, right, with this knowledge. You know, we're learning it now and putting it into practice and trying to help our own clients, but this will be something that this age group has grown up with. Mm -hmm. So I guess in so many ways, it gives me hope. Yeah, and I, I think also, um, you know, social media and technology has opened up a world to them that we don't even know, you know, at, at that age. Um, and I think as much as that we are more familiar with this terminology of, of self-care, and I think it's there's a lot of fear. I think there's a lot, a lot of fear. And I see that in these young kids. And I think that's why it's even more important to steer them in the direction of themselves um, so that they can help themselves, right? Rather than feel helpless. And that's the idea behind really connecting with your own energy and being responsible for your energy. Mm. And again, to that point, we didn't grow up with the social media that obviously our our children have access to. And in so many ways, as we know, it's that unhealthy piece, right? In the one hand, we're connected. We can learn more. Like you have a encyclopedia in your hand at all times. So there's great things, but it's that that pressure of seeing everyone's most perfect moment captured on the screen at all times um, that jeopardizes our own self-worth. And I think looking back to the beginning of the pandemic for me, having more time to scroll, um, seeing more, seeing people do different things. It, it definitely impacted my own mental well-being. of, I should be doing this. Oh my God, I'm not doing this. So-and-so is doing this. I have to do this. Wait, I can't do that. You know, (laughs) so right there in that moment is where we need to strengthen that relationship to make the choice that aligns right there in that moment. Yeah. Right. It's not about thinking about what we didn't do or what we did or what we're going to do. It's about right now, Mm -hmm. right now. And sizing ourselves up to what we're seeing. Like I'm not going to be as good as this one or mine won't be the same quality or I'm not capable. Um, you know, so I think, you know, we, I have experienced that and I, I worry right for that age group that still has that pressure on them of seeing that. And again, I, I have these conversations with my college students and in, very intentionally, and they will articulate that they know on social media that it is everyone's, you know, best moment and that because they do it too, but still in our brains, it doesn't compute the same way. Like we still, don't feel worthy or they still don't. Right. So it's not enough just to talk about it. You already registered that thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that thoughts already created a vibration within you. And then that vibration is going to affect that next decision that you make because you're going to make it from that place. So state, state of mind, um, 
and, and strengthening that emotional relationship, I think is just as, if not more important than just focusing on the physical. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you a question that I usually ask all my guests kind of, you know, uh, one of our final little pieces, but what does it mean to you, you know, as a human, not as a trainer, what does it mean to you to be your own best friend? And how are you at, at that? Your own best friend. Well, I, I think it, I think it's exactly what we've been talking about. I've, I've really come to honor how I feel, whether it suits somebody else or not. And I see how better I feel by doing that. And to me, that is uh, strengthening that relationship with the conversation that I have with myself. What was the second part of the question? <laughs> um, uh, you know, like how good are you? Where are you with that? So I think to your point, you've already said, you know, you're wor- working on have been more intentional. Um, I think, I guess, so just to reframe, I think to, to me, when we're looking at, you know, self-care and self-love and self-worth, that inner dialogue of treating yourself more, how you would have that conversation with your friend um, has been something that I've been working on because I value myself on being a good friend. If you called me and said, oh, Tammy, I just need to vent and I need to this and, you know, how we listen, the advice we give and the, it's okay. Like, it's okay. You don't have to have the answer. You don't have to know, or maybe even as a best friend, you can't fix it, but you're holding space. And so I don't know in general how good I've always been to myself in that moment. So I guess I'm curious, right? How other people work that piece, or even if they view it in the same way, right? Do we really treat ourselves like we would someone we really care about, like that best friend? Mm-hmm. And, and we have to be, right? Because we're going the distance. We're the only ones that will be from the moment we are born to the moment we die. This is it, right? It's there's has to be that re- relationship in some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I guess throwing that part out. Yeah, and you know another another interesting light bulb aha was it's not about adding. So it's not about what you need to do that you're not doing necessarily it's actually about the let go Mm. it's actually about letting go of the things that you currently are doing that are not serving you so that's been a big part of you know being a good best friend to myself is to is to honor that and to recognize that it's more about you know, it's more about releasing the resistance that we have. And that's the piece that will close the gap. So, you know, if you imagine a big backpack with all your junk in it, um, and that junk doesn't feel good. So you say, oh, hey, I'm going to go and do this class, or I'm going to read this book, or I'm going to do this to make the junk feel better. Mm. But if you keep packing the junk, it's still going to be with you 
when you feel a little bit better. So it's more about unpacking, more about letting go than it is about adding. Yeah. And I think we're quick to add. You know, I think we're really quick to add and we don't take that minute to be like, you know, it's it's not about patting myself on the back because I I, I showed up at the gym for my workout. It's it's more about letting go of the things that are keeping you where you are. Yeah. You know? well, I, I love the way you just put all of this. This is so like the idea of the backpack too. So if you're sitting here listening and now you have that visual, if you're a visual learner, <laughs> you have the visual and it's true. And the backpack gets heavier and heavier and we get older and weaker and we're still carrying that same heavy backpack. And some um, of us get better at carrying it. And some of us, that works at carrying it so think about that because that's a big part of why people make you know um positive you know changes but feel the same way because they're still packing that so if you want to feel differently you truly need to let go of that you need to unpack that you need to change your relationship with the things that are in the backpack now you can't go back and change that but you can change how you feel about that and when you do that there goes that energy that you were carrying that felt this way about it and now you feel this way about it so now you're not packing it that way that's that's what it's about the the letting go of the resistance and and just letting go of the things that you're you're currently doing you know don't don't worry about adding just start unpacking I think as you talk about that, it makes me think about the idea of like hoarding, right? And not wanting to let go. And I think we hoard those emotions, those thoughts, right? Because that's what we know. But we're if we do let go of it, then what? So I think well, we just- Well, who are you? Yes. Right? We, that's, that's your story. Yeah, that's we're hoarding story. them. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your story, right? That's your identity. But that, that isn't that interesting? Like, yeah, that's your identity. But aren't we like- Aren't we wanting to make change in our identity, yeah. whether it be on the outside or whether it be on the inside? So it's, it's interesting that we're tightly hanging on to that because that's our story. That's what we know. And we've spent so much time strengthening that story. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I don't know what the, what the real, um, the, the percentage, but it's, it's like 70 to 80% of our thoughts that we have in a day are the same thoughts that we had the day before. Like that's what needs to stop. Mm. That's what will change how you feel. Yeah. Letting go. That's letting go a really great thought to sort of leave everyone on. Like what, what could you let go of? right? To be more yourself, to feel more yourself, to find more ease. And again, everyone is so different. So it will be interesting as people poke around, what what are you willing to let go of, right? What can you start to? And I'm sure some of that is the slow let go where you're like literally prying one finger off something at a time um, to really be ready to release it. Yeah, and I, you know, that can sound pretty, pretty heavy and like a lot of work. But again, it's just like 
that minute and you don't need the answer. You don't need to know. You just need to give yourself that moment to feel. And we all know I like tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes. I like apples. I don't like apples. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. I like this thought. I don't like this thought. That's all you have to do. If you don't like the thought, if it doesn't feel good, maybe take a minute and say, well, you know, what doesn't feel good about it? What am I telling myself about this? Like be willing. That's the work. Just be willing to do that. Be willing to show up for yourself and, and recognize how you feel. And we don't have to focus. It's like, if you don't like tomatoes, I mean, you don't get angry at tomatoes. You don't focus on the tomatoes, right? So why do we do that? Why do we do that in our daily lives? I know, it's so true. Why why do we do that? When you put it that way, right, it really is, I'm going to say simple in a good way. We know it's not always so simple, but it's simple because if we don't like something, we just don't eat it or we don't yeah, we do don't it. stare at tomatoes all day and be like, oh my gosh, I really don't like tomatoes. Like, <laughs> you know, so we, we need to, that, that's, that's really key. Really, really key. I love that. <laughs> Sarah, thank you. This is great. And I, I do encourage our guests to think about what it is that they could perhaps start letting go. I love that whole idea. And and what is in your backpack and wh- how could you lighten what would serve you better or make you feel better. And for sure, if you have not already read the little intro to Sarah and this week's podcast, go back because you'll find a link to be able to work out with Sarah at home, which if you've liked the conversation, you'll get the the emotional, spiritual soul piece while you sweat. So she'll tie it in a little bow for you. So um, Sarah, thank you for spending time with us. Thank you. This has been awesome. Yeah. I really miss having more of you in my life. (laughs) We have to fix that. (laughs) Hopefully one day soon. Yeah, we will. We'll hope. Maybe I'll get to Vancouver too. I've been there. Yes. For now, we can Yugi together online. Yes. All right. It's a a date. (laughs) So thank you so much. Thank you. So much respect and love and gratitude to you, Sarah. Thank you for all that you shared with me, but more importantly, allowed me to share with our listeners of this podcast, Living Well While Living Online. And to all of you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm hoping you took a juicy morsel or were motivated and inspired by Sarah in some way. Next week, we will be back on the Quinnipiac campus with a group of women that I've been working with there. So I run some programs on campus, part of what I do, and we do a self-care check-in. And this is really specific in that it's with an actual workbook, and that's its title. So each week we sort of tune into a different facet that relates to our well-being in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, whether it's our thoughts, whether it's our emotions, whether it's physical actions, and it asks you to reflect, to to think about how you do things, and then to actually uh, focus and to actually make a plan. So. We just have great conversation and I've just loved every second of it. And I asked them if they'd be willing for me to record 
one of our weeks. So uh, that is what you will get to hear. They are a group of lovely young undergraduates from Quinnipiac University. So please stop by next week for the conversation that we will have with Living Well While Living Online, which again is a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. Thank you to the team that puts this together, the executive producer, David DeRoche, the producer, Renette Chafu, and thank you, Scott Holmes, for the theme music. You can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You're welcome to drop us a line, uh, an email at qupodcasts at qu.edu. And please follow us on Instagram at qupodcasts. So until next week, my friends, please be intentional, breathe deep, and learn to be your own best friend.